And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on? Oh, I've got a story to tell and... Believe it or not, I'm struggling with how to tell it. Now, before we get into the why of that, and yes, Matt looked over at me on video and said, wait, DeCourcy, you're struggling to talk? Um, yeah, what the hell wrong? That would have been a first, right? Well, before we get into why, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. We help you build software teams quickly and affordably. Yeah, I mean, I got a story to tell and and I want to tell it. And I realize that good marketers tell good stories. Great entrepreneurs are excellent storytellers. But I'm struggling with how to go about doing that. So I brought in an expert today, Matt, and I think we're going to be able to solve all of our problems. With us today, we have Mark Josie, who's the founder and managing partner at Social Apex. If you are out there with your phone in your hand, Open up a browser and go to socialapexmedia.com so you can learn more about Mark's company while we talk with him about it. Mark, what's up? Hey, good morning, gents. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I just want to get some input on how to how to do a better job of, of telling our story with transparency and authenticity. And well, according to your website, you might know a couple things about that. You want to get us started by giving us a little bit of background about you and Social Apex and how you're going to help me solve my problem? Sure. I think uh, I'll start background with me. So I came from the corporate America world and moved my family all around chasing, um, you know, more responsibility, encouraging teams to be awesome and uh, focused around sales and marketing. And, uh, you know, even at one point reported to the president driving brand and strategic partnerships, got my MBA, you know, thinking the grass is greener on the other side, always kind of chasing that. And then you realize, hey, I, I think I could help people that, uh, you know, need to storytell a little bit better, need to understand some scale, need to understand what it looks like and sounds like when you're either raising, you know, capital to go execute, whether you're right out of school, if it's, and, and so started a consulting company, that consulting company rolled into our, one of our clients, which would have, which would have been a, a social apex just started to, to figure out what's, what's going on at uh, social apex media. And so we came in and, uh, or I came in and uh, helped scale it. Right. So it was early on. And uh, yeah, so now we have a marketing agency. It's, um, you know, about 10 to 12 people, you know, sometimes it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, focused on storytelling, branding, authenticity, connecting to the modern consumers, right? So, so that's uh, kind of the segue. And, and I think you're spot on in terms of what our agency does. We, we say we, we're great at connecting you to the modern consumer. So a couple things with the modern consumer, right? So what we know is they want what they want, when they want, how they want it in terms of content. And so we really dive into like contextual marketing, right? So like, how does that look, sound and act from different touch points along the way? 
Um, and then how can you really be like transparent and authentic? And, and usually that's through, you know, really good um, content to push out the, the right way. So um, that's pretty much it. We've been in business for probably about two and a half years now, coming on three years. Um, you know, last year got nominated for Emerging Small Business of the Year for the Kansas City Chamber, and we worked with some really cool people. And uh, we're just just happy to be now doing what I can wake up every morning and uh, really go chase, uh, you know, empowerment and and uh, connecting to culture and and helping other people right from like a service based um, perspective. So let's go back to you just rattled off a lot of stuff there. So. <laughs> Uh, definitely an outline for an amazing conversation that's about to occur. You talk about, you know, uh, I, I think a lot of people it, it misunderstand the modern marketing and modern marketing is very content oriented, but, you know, I, it's not as easy as people think it is because, you know, like, for example, our creative department will, you know, we'll say, hey, we need to make more videos about stuff. And it's okay. Well, let's go ahead and do that. And they'll say, okay, do you want me to hook up the teleprompter? And I'll say, <laughs> yeah, do you have something to put up on it? Or do I need to write that out myself? And, and I, I'm being serious because sure. that, that struggle is real. It's uh, it, when you get on the other side of a camera or a photograph or all these things, it, you know, the big question is, what do you do? Like, how do I do this? You know, sure. and, and I, I, you know, people can smell it just takes a, a, a tiny whiff of whatever you're producing and they're going to know if you're, it's very easy to tell if people are being transparent and authentic. Sure. And for me, I, I can only just be myself. Like I can't, I, I can't <laughs> act, you know, I was doing my best at the beginning of the episode. You know, I do, I am a bit of a storyteller myself and it comes naturally to me on some levels, but when you run into clients or people that don't have a natural knack for storytelling, how do you go about planning that? And what are some of the things that people consistently fail at? Yeah, I, I think the first thing is it's marketing is simple, but not easy, right? Like it, right. It, it, I say that all the time because the, the access, like you, you have the most powerful tool known to man in your hand as the iPhone or shout out to the Android users, right? There, there you go. Um, and so just, and, and the other phrase I'll tell you that we also say with simple, not easy is just because you can doesn't mean you shouldn't. So meaning just making content for the sake of content is not a strategy, right? Like just jumping in front of, hey, we've got to do more. Like, and so there's chasing the dragon of, you know, trends or like, hey, we need to be on TikTok and what's this other, you know, or like, let's go after Gen Z or stuff like that. That's not really a strategy. So, so for us, like it really goes down to, you know, if we're, if, if we're, working with the client, right? A, a lot of it on the front side goes to like, are we a good fit for each other? Right. We put a lot of like, you know, discovery because we know that if we're a good fit for each other, um, that we'll, we'll be better marketers, right. It will help you tell better stories. We'll do better, like, you know, driving your brand and helping with awareness. Um, and more importantly for us, is it a good fit or are, you know, are our clients like people will we want to get up and like really, tell good stories. So I think a relationship's important too. And so I, I would say, you know, marketers and companies definitely need to spend more time on the front end, um, understanding that, you know, cause you, what you'll find, like if you're a business generally, if you're working with a, a marketing, you know, company like us that, that you really um, connect with, then you're going to get additional discretionary effort, 
right? And like, that's important. And so, um, you know, that means just, you know, the non-billable versus billable or however other, you know, different agencies, you know, bill and stuff. But, you know, in terms of a campaign, let's talk about that, right? So it's like, what does your brand need? What are your pain points? And then like, let's de- develop like strategy and tactics to like clarify your goals. But let's do that in a very authentic way, right? Like, you can't, to your point, Matt, like you can't hide who you are. You can't hide what your business is about and you can't hide like, like all you're going to do is amplify or develop the wrong message. If you start very on the front end with, with not really understanding where your end goal is and doing it very like, you know, genuinely. So. So Watson's a Watson's an expert at blog marketing. And that's something that I've done well with it's, it, along the way too. Now, Matt, I have a question for you because and maybe you can just, well, or maybe you can just add to this. So one of the things that I know Matt and Stackify are find a high level of importance around is really providing value with content. And Matt, can you give a can you give us a little insight on? So, so for those of you that aren't aware, Stackify gets about a million blog visits a month. And Matt, if you could get if you could give us a couple, uh, what are some of the things that you found with your written content? And I understand that's a little bit different than storytelling, but I think this is a good place to start because if you can't provide some value with whatever you're doing, eh, it's going to suck. Yeah, the whole time you're you're talking about the storytelling part of it, I think about you know it's pretty easy to sit down. In a, in a conference room, or I guess we don't really do that anymore, to get on a Zoom meeting and brainstorm about, you know, topics that you can write about or stories that you can talk about that are kind of top of the funnel, you know, you know, getting who who is your audience you're trying to reach, you know, whatever it is you're trying to sell, who are those people, right? And what are the topics that we can write about? And then trying to think about, okay, things that are more middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, as you're trying to do more product marketing and actually sell your product and all that stuff. And, you know, for a lot of people, they struggle to think like that. And, but I think in a, in a real short working session, you can, get, you can get people thinking about, oh, well, yeah, I sell basketballs, but maybe I should write about basketball shoes or the best places to play basketball or whatever it is, right? And, you know, that gets people thinking about, oh, I could write stories, I could write articles, I could write blog posts, I could create content about all these things. And then at the end of that meeting, you're like, who the fuck's going to write this content? True. That is the biggest problem, right? Mm. And so, you know, even at Stackify, you know, we've had a lot of success with with blogging. We have probably 700 blog posts or something like that that we've written over the last three or four years. And we get, you know, a, close to a million visitors a month. And it's worked really, really well for us. We get most of the content and the traffic drives people that are kind of very top of the funnel, we get some that are kind of more middle of the funnel. It's a lot harder to write stuff that's kind of direct sales where like they land on this blog post and they're going to buy something immediately that day. You know, that that that's kind of a different thing too. Um, but it's worked really, really well for us. But the problem we've always had is who is going to do the product marketing that's actually going to write this content that can write it in a way that is a little salesy. It's, you know, a little marketing. It, it talks about the product, but also understands who the end user is and the right tone and the right, you know, all that stuff. And it's hard and, it, and it's hard to do it consistently. For a while, we were putting out four to five blog posts a week. 
we had a machine going for a while. Now it's it's um, we've kind of scaled it back this year since the coronavirus stuff started. But um, it's a lot of work, um, but there can be huge returns from it. Yeah, I, w- I would just add that, like, well, I think it's, it goes back to the simple but not easy, right? It's like, hey, we just need to be consistent. We need to build a funnel, right? We need to, and then you get all these ideations out, and then it's like, now who's going to execute, right? Which is definitely, definitely a problem. Um, and then the other thing I that think I we was- should talk, I think we should talk about a funnel real quick. And so I just don't, because here's the thing is, I, I think that we're assuming that everyone listening even knows what that means. We hear the word funnel a lot. Sure. You hear it. Like I hear it. I see it in infographics. I hear about it all the time. <laughs> but what, what, what is a funnel other than a, than a plastic cylinder shaped <laughs> thing that's in my kitchen that I almost never use for anything useful. I use a sales sure. funnel more than I use an actual funnel. But <laughs> like, so when Watson talks about, Hey, we attract a lot of visitors that are quote top of the funnel. Sure. That means they're there. You found them, they've come to your site, they've come to your place, but maybe not for the purpose of what you want them there for. So, so, so can are, I use some examples? Please, please. All right. So let's use full scale's blog as an example. Okay. Okay. So we publish a lot of blog posts for full scale. And so yes. if you go out there and you Google like offshore versus outsourcing or offshore development trends or software developers in the Philippines or or a lot of different topics, uh, full scale will show up, right? And some of those are just the right persona of, like we're trying to reach people that are software developers or a CTO or an IT manager or somebody who works in IT, right? Like so that's the persona we're after. And hopefully it's somebody that, you know, is kind of interested, you know, is looking for something that's related to us that's more, you know, what we would say top of the funnel, it's the audience that we're trying to reach. Today's article is how to build a mobile app. Yep. And so it's like they're it's a, a great example because they want to learn how to build a mobile app. But while we're hoping if we give them some value, maybe they fill out our contact form. Yeah. Right? So, you know, full scale sells software development services. So they weren't looking for that. They're looking how to about building mobile apps. But one step, you know, they made that read that article and they get to the bottom of it, they're like, you know what? Maybe these people can actually help me build this mobile app. Right. And that's where we would want to get them further down the funnel to be more of a lead and then you know eventually a customer well we're mi- we're missing that we're missing some of the middle steps there so, so, so you, have, you have the overview right but the next when you say funnel and you think about a funnel so it's, you flip a, a, a triangle upside down and you 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 have the broadest point at top your goal with funnel marketing is to move that person forward to something else so technically if they go to a different page on your website to learn more about you or if they click a specific link they do something like that your whole goal is to keep them moving forward which is mark i think you can probably verify as a challenging task yeah i think you know you can definitely break down your funnel into so many different little increments and measurements but at its core it's <clears throat> excuse me at its core it's going to be content visibility and conversion right so you can dump a ton of content and then if it's not the right content it's going to be the smaller thing at the very bottom you're going to have you're going to get it's going to be harder for you to move people right and then that could be it's not the right audience it's not the right touch point it's not the right value right like you can't hide that or it seems disingenuous right um, and then the visibility is, you, you know, with the blog or to use this example, right? It's just it's just consistency and value, right? Like this is this becomes a place that is very familiar to me, and this becomes a place that's like 
hey, I, I know who you sound like and what you act like and how you help me. And then that makes really sen a good sense to me. And this is just one part of my touch point along the journey as I maybe down the road search for other you know, products or services. So uh, yeah, that's a great example. But, you know, from a marketing perspective, we just try to make it super easy, like content visibility conversion, put the right stuff in and then get the right people to come out the other end. Right. Uh, I have a question for you, Mark. So at Social Apex, and once again, you can go to socialapexmedia.com to learn more about Mark's company. So one of the things that at all the businesses that Matt and I either own together or separately are involved with, we fire off a lot of stuff and a lot of different directions. We make a lot of noise trying to get people to jump in the funnel. Mm -hmm. Everything from this podcast to a whole bunch of other stuff. Do you, are, when you work with clients, do you try to get them to focus on only one or one source of attention grabbing, or do you take an approach where you go for five or six different things? Yeah, I think we, we reverse engineer it, right? It goes back to what um, Watson was talking about with is just like, well, who's going to execute it, right? So if we develop a strategy that goes, hey, this would be great. And then it's like, oh, we don't have somebody to do that, right? So it's a little bit discovery up front. So a lot of strategy. <clears throat> and then it really boils down to like, what skill sets do you have? How do you want to allocate to our agency? And how does that help? the right message in the right context. And that's how you delight your, your, you know, your end user or your customer or your consumer or whatever you call them. But yeah. Do you guys do it? Do you do it all? Do you do like everything from like blogging to Instagram to video or? Yeah, we don't do it all. What uh, we, we're, we don't take the jack of all trades, master of approach, none. Um, or in this case, kind of like the, the scattered approach of just be everywhere all the time. I, I think that's harder to, you know, it's like wrangling cats or herding cats, I think is the phrase. Um, so we, we don't do that. So you won't see us do SEO. We don't do web dev. Like, I, like you know, please uh, bear in mind. I made the website, so that's not, you know, so if anybody's looking, that's not what we do. I think it's pretty good. But uh, but yeah, the, what we do is we, we do strategy and brand positioning, right? So brand positioning would be um, content, social media, and paid media management. And then so we realize that the, the, if we really hone in on that strategy component and then develop really good strategy around content and messaging and positioning um, in the right context, like that's the, that's the recipe for success for sure. Hey, Matt, where, what do you, what is, I've never really been involved with this. It's kind of funny, but how do you go about figuring out what's your strategic approach for the blog at Stackify? Well, when you write blog posts, I think there's a couple different ways you can do it. You can say, okay, I'm going to write this blog post and, you know, we're going to send it in an email newsletter. We're going to post it on social media. Our salespeople might email it to a couple people. And, but then a month from now, that thing's probably dead. Like nobody will ever read it again. Okay. Um, but that's not our approach. Our approach is to create content that is very evergreen that will live on for a long time. And actually I was Googling last night, some stuff about Postgres performance or whatever. And up comes the Stackify sounds blog. Riveting. Yeah. Up comes the Stackify blog. Um, and so our goal is to create stuff that is um, highly evergreen, that ranks really well on Google, that will show up from an SEO perspective. And I want that blog article to be getting traffic three years from now. You know, I don't want to be some goofy little blog post that I wrote and I posted it on Twitter 
and then the next day it might as well have been dead and you could have deleted it sure do you think do you think um so i think there's two strategies right it's like hey let's let's create evergreen content that we know can go out to different touch points and then um and then, you know, breathe a lot longer and, and be relevant. Do you, there's the other side of the strategy, which is like, hey, and it depends on, you know, I guess your strategy overall, your tactic as a blog. But do you do you, you prefer to do that versus like making very specific strategy and then like updating it, right? Because Google loves that jazz to say like, oh, the top things of 2019, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The top 10 things. And then so you go back in and so you can keep it to, it, you know, it has more band, like same bandwidth, longer runway, right? As you update it. Yeah, we definitely go back and update older articles for sure. That's part of what we do. Um, and we have some of those kind of articles that are like top DevOps tools of 2020 and stuff like that. And uh, we definitely see some lift in traffic to those articles when we update them for sure. Yeah, that, that's actually something that I really picked up from Matt over the years that I, I think that they've done really well is, you know, he mentioned they have like 700 articles. So this is kind of like if you want to uh, create a, a visual picture of this, this is like fishing in the sea. So they throw out a whole bunch of of lines and they want to see what comes up. Well, some of those, some of those lines catch more fish regularly. So they spend more time on that stuff. So they'll go in and look at like the top 10 or 20 most trafficked articles. And, you know, you tr you're treating these things like they're digital assets and they are, because if they're attracting traffic to your site or your business, then they're good. Yeah. Uh, on, on most levels. I mean, on most levels, I mean, if Matt was right, if he was writing articles about why to pick Ford over Dodge, I wouldn't, that wouldn't be a great use of their time, but you know, so that might not matter, but they go back in and, and definitely tune up the ones. And then in some cases, um, in some cases, don't you actually remove some ones that are just kind of like dead weight? Yeah, we have in the past. And honestly, I don't know if we've done that for a while. That's, that's something we should look at. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like um, there's a little bit of a quality score, right? It's like if you have 700 blog posts and they're all super high quality and they all get a lot of traffic, um, you know, I think Google likes that versus having like 10,000 of them, but only 100 of them are good. Um, I think it I think it makes sense to prune out the the junk, which overall improves your your quality. I think it also goes to like, you know, who's combing through those 700 to really identify, like, you know, who's looking at the analytics, who's looking at the data, who's realizing, you know, what, you, you know, as your end user, what's really connecting to them. And then also like time, effort, and energy, right? Like just, just in terms of like allocation of that, who's going to go out there and prune them? Do they know that, are they the right person to go do that? Um, you know, do you, do you, how does it become repurposed? Right. And then kind of what other tools do you use and, and how do you go, Hey, this is something that, um, you know, we're launching a, B and C and how do you curate those blog posts to go, you know what, something that we did a couple of quarters ago or this, you know, and so it might be tagging, it might be, you know, however hierarchy you guys have, but that's another you know, good problem to have, but is definitely, you know, too many tools is also difficult too, in terms of, you know, executing a broader strategy as you pull up. So Mark, uh, let's, let's move down the list now and into the more of the social media stuff. Um, when it comes to authenticity and transparency in your storytelling, what are some of your recommendations when it comes to like the fa Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn stuff where it's not quite, you know, you're not typically writing a 4,000 word article or something like that. 
Sure. I mean, I think you've, you know, hopefully, you know, our, most of the listeners have seen the meme where it's like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, and it's different pictures and that, and that's really indicative of like, what you do is you go, Hey, what, what is our goal, right? What is this campaign trying to accomplish in terms of um, social media? And then um, what does that look like on different platforms? Because the way the things that you post are definitely different. The the copy that you write are definitely different and the frequency is definitely different. Right. So it becomes again, simple, but not easy. Just post. Right. So like, I, I think it looks like, um, you know, how do you develop a strategy that goes, okay, I, uh, LinkedIn for me is probably, um, you know, once every two weeks and should be definitely much more. There's high organic growth. So you see a lot of people, this is where the, just because you can, doesn't mean you should comes in. Right. So people jump on TikTok and LinkedIn because of the, the, the high opportunity for organic growth. Like, and so, Hey, you know, the way that the algorithm works. So then what you see is you see a lot of influencers, you see a lot of, you, you know, um, people just looking for attention to post. So there's no really value there. Right. So like, which another recommendation we would t start talking about is like, you know, views are not the same thing as like engagement. Right. And, and, and likes are not the same thing. So, how many people are like you guys have seen how many how many people are you know have had 30 million followers it's a bad example 30,000 followers on Instagram they post something they get two likes and like two comments right like that like what's the point right um, so so you know don't buy right so our recommendation to go back is like tie it all to your strategy and like what are the pillars like what do you believe in what are your core values how does this help your customer like and and i think the pandemic and and even um you know black lives matter is making businesses and individuals like these movements go where do we stand on this what does it look like and sound like like i now have the freedom um and 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 encouragement to to stand up and and uh, you know, really allocate our core values, or communicate our core values to our to our um, team, and then it be or to our consumers, and then your team goes back and go, okay, LinkedIn we're going to do once a week, um, Instagram stories three or four or five times a day, um, Instagram posts at least two or three times a day, Twitter as much as you want, right? And then it kind of depends on where your customers are at. So that that was kind of a long answer. There's a lot to unpack there, but. Um, yeah, it's just not easy, right? <laughs> but, a, but a poor strategy with that, we've seen that make and break brands like recently, like CrossFit, like that dude literally destroyed CrossFit Done. with a tweet. Like, Done. And I got to say, like, I mean, be careful though, like, because, you know, at one point, and this is back in March, like, Matt, were you also about one email away from like American Airlines updating you on their like COVID policy from like never flying American again? I'm like, dude, I don't need three emails a day. Oh, by the way, and Mark, I just want to let you know that uh, Full Scale and Stackify are still in uh, full operation right now during <laughs> coronavirus. And during the uh, Black Lives Matter protests and everything, we are still we're still operating normally. That's good. You're, but, but this, you're is, this is my point, though. This is my like so, and you know, we don't have to get get too far off track here. So, I'm the founder of Gigabook. Gigabook is an appointment booking platform. It would have been completely like uh, out of like our lane to be sending political statements or like. And here's the thing: we're working from home. We're a software that's in a cloud. Yeah. You know, like, and, and we, we're likely to get infected by different types of viruses than the coronavirus. And, but some of that is like, you know, people, when it comes to your message and you mentioned frequency and stuff like that, and that's a delicate line, 
to go down. And uh, I've had a lot of people like, well, we continue to use Gigabook as an example. Like early on, they're like, what's your social media strategy? I'm like, not much. They're like, why? Because things about appointment booking software aren't just, they don't really go viral. You talk about that, having a bunch of potentially having a bunch of followers, you don't get any engagement. So there's times, there's times for you to put the sales up and there's times for you not, but you can also craft things. Like for example, it would have been, it would have been warranted for Gigabook to say, are you having a hard time setting and scheduling up zoom calls? We do that yeah. with every appointment. There you go. That would have made sense. That would have been a benefit, not just me saying, hey, just so you know, we are still open. Okay, like tell me if you're not going to be open, but don't tell me if you are. Like, yeah. and, and, the, the, and, and give consideration to the message because another thing too is like as we move forward with the pandemic, people got tired of hearing about it. Like we actually, I actually said that on the podcast like uh, oh months ago. I was like, let's talk about our future. We all know we're in this boat together, but continually reminding everyone of it, it becomes tiresome. Mm -hmm. And but, I mean, are, are you in that same boat with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. Like, or, you know, you hear the same, nobody wants to read an email that like starts with like, I hope you're doing well in these trying times or stuff. It's just like, yeah, yes. But like, so, so I think to go back to the Gigabook, it would like if your if your only strategy, if you've never dove in to like social media, and then all of a sudden you're like, boom, double down on social media, and we're the best or whatever. It goes back to like authenticity. It's like, dude, do you, do you look like you, you might know, not be in the right place for that? You're not and, in the right and, place, right? And, and you got pick where you're going to deliver that message is the point as well. Like the Gigabook would do a lot better with an ad campaign on LinkedIn where business people exist than trying to do skits on TikTok. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it goes back to the strategy and what your foundation is. Yeah, and and I think people, no matter what, people crave like authenticity, right? Like and 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 people once you get past like polarization. Um, our content out there just to, you know, to, to get your attention. Um, what they really want to know are like, what are your values? How can you help me? And is it like, is it genuine? Right? Like, it, it's really that simple. So, so for us, as we're recommending to, to our clients, it's like, what, what is the value? How can you help? Like, if you have talked about the community whole, the whole time and being involved, then by all means, like continue to amplify that message. Um, if you've never jumped in before and you feel like this should be now like a core tenant of, you know, we're changing our culture pillars, we're doing this different thing, definitely go on there, but don't start as an expert, right? Like then you have to craft the message. What does it look like and sound like, right? You can't just like, you know, it's the jab, jab hook or whatever, the, you know, shout out to Gary B. But it's really like, why are you crafting a certain narrative? Is it really transparent? And, you know, how do you help people, right? Like general commentary on what's going on, unless you're like the, the weather channel constantly, it, you're just going to lose people in that, you know, funnel. And that's from a very specific, like marketing time, effort, energy, dollars allocated, right? Like, you know, it, personally, it's a different story, right? But yeah, I, I've learned something. I've learned something important with a lot of these channels too, is, well, first off, keep it simple. Like the most, the most effective social media ad I've ever run is for this podcast. And it simply says a podcast for entrepreneurs. And some of you listening, probably a whole lot of you listening, found us by seeing that on Instagram. And that's it. Like, that's the whole message. Like, what are we about? This is a podcast for entrepreneurs. Sure. Now, 
it, it doesn't mean you have to be an entrepreneur, but that's a very exact message. And I get your attention. Now people want to try to word it up too much and they want to put like a whole paragraph on an Instagram slide. I'm going to come and go real fast. No one's going to pay attention to it. So, yeah. And it goes back you know, to like, a, if you have to tell people you're awesome or your product and service is awesome, like in a very disingenuous way, then like, you're just going to, that's a terrible return on ads. Ben, but by sure. the way, I need to, I need to do a shout out real quick to my new favorite listener who left an amazing review for us on uh, Apple podcast. His name is Dickie Flicks, which first off, Dickie, if you're listening, you might be my hero. Yeah. Everyone's clapping here. Thank you. But thanks for the, thanks for reaching out and thanks for the kind words. Um, and just thank you for letting me live my life knowing that there's someone named Dickie Flicks out there that's listening to the podcast. So thanks for the review. Yeah. Hey, Hey, can you guys join me in that shout out, please? Yeah. The, thank you. Thank you, Dickie Flicks. Yes. Yeah, good, good advocacy. <laughs> but now, now, with that, though, you know, he made a comment. He said, this is, it's the only podcast I've ever rewound to take notes. Ooh. And I took that as the highest form of compliment. And that's actually, you know, but that's the thing is like, but we, we're really proud of our authenticity here. That's why we have to mark episodes explicit, because sometimes you got to be like, I don't fucking know, man, right. and, and call some stuff out and admit what you suck at. And if you suck at marketing, it's time to admit it and hire a company like Mark's or anyone that naturally puts their arms around the topic. Because if you're struggling to do it, I think it'll show in your marketing campaigns. I mean, do, do you agree, Mark? Is it, it does show. I mean, it, it just goes back to like, you know, everybody can, everybody has access to social media. Everybody has all these tools and apps on their phone. And like, you know, th that's great for user generated content. But, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should, you know, like if, if I'm going to go out and, you know, need something on my website, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to find an agency that does everything. I'm going to find somebody that's very specialized. And, and I would, I would definitely look at as you're trying to wrap your arms around about like, Hey, is it strategy? Is it content production? Is it branding or is it design? Whatever it looks like who has, you know, and maybe we should talk about that, right? Maybe it should be like, like testimonials are important. Case studies are important. There's too many people that also can do these services and capabilities just because you're making noise doesn't mean you're great at it. Right. So like really dig in. Um, we, we do a lot of the, um, you know, we do the referral, uh, do really great work flywheel, right? Like, so you don't see a lot of advertisements. Um, we hardly ever run ads for ourselves. Like we just do really kick-ass work and people are really happy with it and they tell people that they know and that's been like a super successful formula it's not for everyone um but yeah i would say just because you can doesn't mean you should so there are some things that is worth for you to to you know scale that learning curve and learn yourself and there are important things to do there and there's other people there's other times where it's just like i need i need help you know i would say that how many how many times do you hear like When's the last time you talked to somebody about like, oh, I think I'm going to go like, you know, have my teeth cleaned, right? And, you're, and your buddy's like, oh, you know, I got a friend that does that. Like, he can do it in your garage. You're like, you wouldn't have, like, why is it so indicative to marketing that like everyone's an expert, everyone's an influencer and everyone's like, you know, so I would say be cautious, understand where you can double down on your strengths. Definitely there's nothing wrong with asking for help. And because if you can, like, we love crafting 
beautiful, smart, inspired work. And if, if we can do that to help focus on your business goals and your customers, then, then uh, you're going to be happy. We're going to be happy. And you're going to be glad you reached out to Social Apex for sure. I'm going to off, offer a challenge to listeners because this oh, no. is how hard this is how hard this can be, and people don't understand it. Sit down and describe what your business does in less than two sentences, and I mean short ones. And that full scale, like we read the full scale line, full scale data, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And I'm telling you, if you haven't tried to do that before, it's hard. It's hard. And in like it, I mean, even, and I, I have a lot of experience with this. It took us a while to kind of weigh that, to, to get that, that nimble. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Matt, can you do that? What can you do that with Stackify in one sentence? Um, Stackify helps developers continuously improve their applications. Boom. Mark. We connect you to modern consumers. There you go. And see now, can can we admit though that you probably that wasn't the, probably the, where that started? <laughs> no, no, it is it is um, you know uh, editing is a good skill to have, right? Just and it's trim hard. it down shorter, 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 right? And like, for someone that talks a lot, it might it might surprise you that I actually spend a lot of time figuring out how to use less words, because when it comes to your marketing message, I mean, like look at Nike, just do it. One of the most, one of the longest and probably most successful brand messages ever. You know, it's like, what is Coke and Coca Cola like? Enjoy. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that really like their whole tagline? Like, enjoy. I guess. And I and it, yeah. been around for a hundred years. Probably one of the most valuable brands. And then some some companies. Does Google even have a line? Or are they just Google? Have they just like? evolved to the point of like a South American soccer all-star where they just have one name like Pele yeah. or something, yeah. you know, cause I mean, is that the ultimate ascension? Cause does Google even have a line? I mean, some of these companies don't because the brand becomes that strong, but, but for, and, and but this is important because that this one line or this brand sentence about you can define the way your company thinks about what it is that they do. What are we in the business of doing? And so for at full scale, started out like we help you overcome the problem of no uh, uh, software developer, the software developer shortage in the United States by providing you with easy access to our team of software experts quickly and affordably and then we're like shit mm-hmm. we should just cut most of this out and get down to the point but <laughs> i mean it's harder it's a lot harder than you think it is and then another thing too is like turn if you want to practice and i okay look i worked in the music industry for a while there's nobody that's a rock star that didn't practice a lot sorry there just isn't it doesn't exist so if you want to be good at video or audio or any of that and as okay so we recently added some additional hosts to Startup Hustle. And if you get a chance, make sure to check out the episodes that Andrew, Andrew Morgans, Lauren Conaway, and Roy Scott are going to be putting out. But all of them, when I talk to them about it, they ask me, they're like, what do I need? What, what should I be ready for? I said, the intro. The intro. The hardest part <laughs> is the intro. intro. It's yeah. like, how do we start the episode and not be awkward? Mm. Matt, can you give us your best version of starting a podcast intro? And we're back. 
you're using mine. <laughs> so with that, and Matt, is it fair to say, so after we recorded about three or four of these episodes, Matt and I looked at each other like, we got to do something about this intro because it feels awkward. Remember when we were like, I'm Matt DeCourcy and you be, and Matt Watson. And it felt weird, you know? And, and so I, I specifically remember practicing that on my drive to the office every day for like a week. And I don't know where and we're back came, came from, but that part's difficult. So don't be afraid to practice it. But if you want to do it, turn your iPhone on and turn your phone on and record it, you know, and, and, and practice it and practice getting right to the point, lead with a need and then get right to the point. Like what's the problem. And I think one of the things when crafting a brand message is people want to water it down and be like, hi, my name is Matt DeCourcy and I'm the CEO and founder of full scale. Most people already bounced. Right. And instead it'd be like, are you having a hard time finding programmers? Cause now if you are, you're, I got your attention. Mm -hmm. So when we say lead with a need, it's like the same thing with Stackify. I'd be like, are you tired of your software breaking? We can help. Does your software suck? Yeah, there you go. Boom. I'd be all over that. That would get my attention. So, and, and you have a license to do that in a modern era, like 20 years ago, if you were publishing stuff like that, like, the Washington Post would have called you back and be like, we're not putting the word suck in there. Now you can do about whatever you want, people. So, I mean, would you agree, Mark? I was, I'd say we've gone through a little bit of an evolution about what's acceptable and what's what's. Usable. Well, yeah, yeah. True voice and, and tone and authenticity um, has really taken a, a lot of liberal leeway. But, you know, back to your elevator pitch, like it's, it's not easy to do that. And if you can't nail your, your, your one message or what you really solve or who you really do, then it becomes like difficult to constantly repeat that, right? Like that's what you want to do. That's the goal. Like here's who we are. Here's what we do. Here's how we help. And it's going to be where the message has to start. Yeah. You can't, you can't start creating Instagram posts and videos and stuff like that. If you haven't even defined what it is that you do. That's right. And I'm telling you, man, there's a lot. And you know what? There's, if you're out there listening and you realize that I'm right, just sit down and try it. Cause it can change the whole approach that you have to marketing. And, and, and once you get that right, you, it has little marketing babies that run all over social media and the internet. And, you know, you talk about quickly and affordably, or does your software suck? We can help, you know, something like that. And, and remember as quickly as you're scrolling through your phone on most days, so is everyone else when your ad passes by. Sure. So you can't get out there quickly, then you got an issue. All right. So once again with us today, we've got the founder of Social Apex Marketing. Go to socialapexmedia.com. Excuse me. It was Social Apex Media. Either way. T talking about the brand message, I should be get it right. So Mark, once again, thanks for joining us today. We end our episodes of Startup Hustle with the founders freestyle and you're going to be first and I'll buy you a little time here, but okay. I'd like to, I'd like to get your, uh, a couple statements from you and some of the lessons you learned as the founder of a marketing company. Ooh, um, be, be prepared. Okay. You'll, you're going to buy me some time, but then you were about to say, be prepared. Yeah. I was going to say, it's just not, yeah. It's like there, there's a, there's a lot more glory through the content that there's uh, than there is like working the, there's a lot of stuff that has to be done. Right. And I, I would say that really, here's my answer. That was my time buying um, segment meandering. Here's my answer, right? Culture matters. That's what I would say. 
So if you spend all of your time getting the right people and you get all of your time understanding your right value proposition, what you can go out and do in the community um, or as a business, and you spend the right time encouraging people to be their best, like that's your most important job. Obviously, you got to go out and do all the stuff and drive revenue and, you know, watch your expenses and all that good stuff. But it all doesn't matter if you don't have the right people and you're not encouraging them to be their best and you're not being supportive. You're not challenging them to do stuff above and beyond. Right. It's really it's easy to go out and start a a, a business these days. Um, It's much more difficult to build something with a team. How's that? Oh, that's great, Matt. So what have you learned about marketing? As a, as a multiple company founder, as the founder of multiple companies? I'd say that it's completely different in every business. You know, uh, the last business I had, we were selling stuff to car dealers and you could just call them up on the phone and the guy who answers or gal who answers the phone is the customer. Like you literally, you just call any of them, you get them right on the phone. It's easy. You'd be like, can I get 10 minutes of your time to blow, you mi- blow your mind, teach you something, whatever, you get them on a demo, Sell them shit, you take their money, success. It's easy. Not really that easy, but it sounds easy. You really simplified marketing. Yeah. Um, Pick up the phone. (laughs) But for software development, we sell, at Stackify, we just sell the software developers. They don't have phones. They don't want to talk to people on the phone. They use ad blockers. They hate email. (laughs) They hate all forms of advertising. Uh, So that's why we relied on on search engine optimization and content marketing and all that stuff, because they're the first people to go to Google when they have a problem and search for it. So um, I think the point is, you know, every kind of business is totally different with full scale. Our, our business is, you know, we get leads a lot of different ways, but we also get a lot of leads from say referrals, networking events. Um, And so I think the point is every business is totally different. There's not a formula that works universally. I think that's true. I think for my input, and once again, with us today, we've got Mark Josie from Social Apex Media, and you can go to that .com and learn more about them. I think as a founder, I would recommend that you start early, like, like the day you found the company, start working on your marketing stuff. I see a lot of people wait too long. They're like, well, I got to build a product. I got to do this. I got to do that. Well, if you're waiting till all that's done to then begin to figure out how to market and sell it, you're going to be way behind. Um, it, it, the things like an effective content marketing strategy can take a while to, to pop off, you know, like, and I talk to a lot of people about blogging and they say, well, I tried it and it didn't work. And I go to their site and they had one article a quarter for three quarters and they're, and, and they didn't even do it right because they're titling it and things and discussing things that no one would search for. It'd be like my experience owning a company that helps people build software. And the only key, and that would be the title. And the only keyword in there that anyone gave a crap about was software. And it's the last word in an overly verbose title, you know. And, <laughs> and, and so some of that is, you know, I always say there's only three words you need to know to, to begin learning about marketing and that's test, test, test. Sure. So try things, figure out what works. And that's why you have to start early. So, um, you know, it's, it's never too early to start figuring that stuff out. And if you're a founder and you're wanting to attract funding and stuff like that, the probably the most common and maybe important question that future investors are going to have is what does it cost for you to get a client? 
Sure. And if you can't answer that, they're going to feel pretty hazy about putting money into the company. I mean, Matt, will you confirm that for me? You don't want to invest in a company that doesn't know how to grow. They don't have a good go-to-market strategy and how to scale. Yeah, and if you're asking someone to write you a check for two million bucks because you're going to be huge and you can't explain how many clients, customers, your revenue growth, any of that, like you got, I mean, you got to do enough of it to at least be able to answer that then, question. But on and, the flip, on the flip side of that, you know, we had Toby Rush on the podcast who had like this amazing technology that didn't really know how he was going to sell it, and he's like, I don't know, but we're going to figure it out. And then he sold the company for a hundred million dollars. Rare rare right. completely rare now look rare. toby was all toby is also had also been a successful founder that had successfully exited companies at that point so you do see people and usually not in kansas city out in the valley or somewhere like that where they're i'm raising three million dollars because we want to see if this can even be built and we can acquire a customer that is not the normal path to funding. And if you're going to do that, you better be someone that's done something before, or people are just going to go, yeah, I don't think so. Um, but, but yeah, that cost of acquisition and you need to know it yourself too, because without understanding what your path to revenue is, you're going to die on the path to revenue most likely. Cause you don't, you're not going to have any, you eventually you have to sell something. And yeah. what, what have we did? What have we learned, Matt, that the best form of capital is actually revenue? Customers, baby. Paying customers. Yeah. My yeah. Five, if you ask my five-year-old what every business needs, she will tell you customers. And it's true. And the thing is, is if a five-year-old knows more about business than you do, then you have to get back to work. And it's a con I mean, these are common mistakes, man. These are common mistakes. And like mm -hmm. it, it, even my, even the other Matt will tell you, Matt, do you, have you had times when you got too wrapped up in the product and not enough into selling it? Huh? <laughs> yeah. See, that's probably a great answer right there. I said, have you, <laughs> have you been guilty of getting too wrapped up into the product and yeah. not enough into how to sell it? I mean, that's the problem, especially if you're somebody who's very product, you know, oriented, you just want to keep building the product and you never actually go take it to market and figure out how to sell it. Well, it's also with the scale piece, right? Where's that inflection point? Because you're spending a lot of time working in the business when you need to be spending more time working on the business, right? So it's that balance of like, hey, I'm really laser focused in here. And then like, you know, why am I spending all this time? Are there ways that I could, you know, automate, hire, et cetera? But yeah, pay, pay, great lesson. You need paying customers. And then also while you're spending all of your time, effort, energy, getting people to come in, you might want to think about like what's your cost of retention so they don't leave once you got them, right? True. So like what's, what's your strategy? Yeah, but and nothing's going to get that investment check in your bank account faster than you showing improving growth. And the thing is, is if you can like really true this, just say it costs you 20 bucks to get a new client or user. And if you can prove that scalable and that it becomes profitable, people will line up to give you money. It won't be about, it'll be about how many 20s can we spend and get this thing to really go and grow. And, you know, that's the whole thing is, is I hear a lot of people talk about raising capital and I'm like, you know, you guys could try to sell something. Yeah. Too. So <laughs> with that, I'm going to get back to trying to sell stuff because I love selling stuff. So I'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks guys. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. 
see you next time. <laughs>